as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And as Romans 12, 1, welcome back to another episode of The Serrated Edge, the show where I hurt your feelings, but with truth. Uh, guys, I am not alone. Uh, I am joined by a dear friend, my special guest, former fitness uh, instructor and nutrition uh, coach as well, um, Christian man, uh, husband, father. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, he's got a great beard. And, uh, and, and a great podcast. He's the host of the Nomad Strength Show. Um, so you should check him out also. It's an awesome show. I was listening to it on my way home from work tonight. Um, awesome. yeah. Uh, so welcome to Ross Hillier, brother. Um, it's been a while since we've talked in person. How you doing? I know it's been, a, it has been too long, man. We, we, I don't like going long periods of time without checking in on friends and stuff, but I'm happy, man, I'm pumped to be able to do this today. We've been trying to get it on the schedule for a while and yeah. talked about it even for your guys's other show, but I'm glad we are able to get it on for this one. Cause I think it's a, probably yeah. a much better topic for this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I talked, I talked with Blake about it. Uh, uh, I'm like, you know, how can we work this into distilling theology? You know, the, the cause we're, cause we're very systematic on that show about, about yeah. theological topics. So I was like, man, we, I know we'll get to it at some point. So, but with this show, I, I, I've been wanting to do a show where I can just free range, say what I want, say how I feel. Yeah, man. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we could do this. Uh, guys, today I wanted to talk about an incredibly offensive topic in modern Christianity, uh, because that's how, that's what I do. Um, uh, and it's a sin that I am uh, personally guilty of as well. And I think most of us here in the West are to some degree totally guilty of this, uh, but it is the sin or the rather taboo topic in modern Christianity uh, of gluttony and laziness uh, in, in the church. I think that's easily, um, if, if you live in the West, <laughs> it, it's fairly easy to see. You go into church on, on Sunday morning, uh, you're going to see certainly a whole host of, of folks and individuals who are well over what we might consider the healthy boundaries of, uh, of their physical appearance. <laughs> and and so it's amazing that we can't talk about it. We talk about it. People get hurt. People get offended. And they say, well, you know, uh, I love Jesus and all this. stuff." Well, yeah, of course, of course you do. But that doesn't mean that we get to overlook these particular sins. And I think it's something that um, in, in the name of tolerance and acceptance, we have uh, we have totally just ignored. Uh, but Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 26 and 27, the following. He says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating in the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So Paul, an apostle preaching to people, considers his physical capabilities to some degree part of his qualifications uh, as a minister of the gospel, right? He, he is able to um, honor God with his body, this temporal tent that we're given, and uh, and he and he considers the ability to to be able to go out and do these. I mean, Paul endured all kinds of terrible things: shipwrecks, um, prison, uh, long time without food, uh, all kinds of suffering uh, that you know we here are, are not familiar with at all, uh, unless we volunteer for it. And uh, and and he considered the ability to do that part of the qualifications he had as a minister of the gospel. So I don't think it takes a real hard exegesis of the text there to know that Paul is. Uh, that Paul's saying that, and that we should be able to withdore, uh, endure and withstand. I mix those two. Withdore, I like that. <laughs> withdore. Uh, <laughs> we should be able to withstand and endure uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous things. We are called to be yeah. um, persecuted as Christians. So, Ross, I, I don't know what you've seen in the church and, and what your uh, particular journey with, with fitness and theology, um, what, what that's looked like for you, but I'm sure you'd agree that that's an overlooked sin in the church. It's really interesting because, man, this is not ever a topic I would have thought would upset people. Like mm -hmm. in any other circle, you know, I guess, I guess I can't say any other circle now because 
there's all kinds of, uh, you know, don't fat shame, do all this kind of stuff that's popular in the mainstream, right? I mean, that's yeah. a whole with with magazine uh, covers and all this kind of stuff yeah, about embracing. Sizes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I mean, we do see that in a lot of the mainstream, but it seems like it for everybody that knows what that is. Like people, people see that, and I think they understand. Like, okay, come on, there's a difference between, you know, not being a jerk. And then like telling somebody lovingly, like, I'm worried about your health, right? I mean, like, there are certain things that is just flat out fact that obesity means you are less healthy. I mean, it's, yes. uh, it's as simple <laughs> yeah. as that. You yeah. can, you can still be strong, you can still have good quote unquote fitness, but just the sheer presence of extra body fat will cause problems for you health wise. And so the fact that we can treat this like it's some sort of I don't know, like it's some sort of disputable thing. It's, yeah. it's not. And so it's, I guess, surprising to me, given, I mean, you gave several examples in scripture talking about, and Paul gives tons. I mean, there are, I mean, I, I would probably think of a dozen in first Corinthians alone, where he yeah. mentioned some form of, <laughs> of the discipline and training your body and self-control and all this kind of stuff. I was just right before we went on, I was reading, um, the one where first uh, Corinthians six nineteen, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit within you, whom you have from God and you are not your own for you're bought with a price. So glorify your mm. glor- glorify God in your body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't see that being taken in any other way other than take care of yourself. You know right. I mean? Right. You I, know what I mean? Like that's pretty clear. It, <laughs> and, and it's not that it's, not obvious, but the fact that people can look at these things and say like, oh, well, you know, it's all about vanity and it's going to become selfish and all of these other things. When you're talking about at the, you know, at the beginning, when you said this overlooked sin of gluttony, like they just don't want to acknowledge that that is sinful. And it's really hard conversation to have because we already know in the Western part of the world, how little or or how bad it's gotten just in, in the general population of obesity rates and heart disease and diabetes and all this stuff. But to like be narrow, to get it that specific and make it a sin issue, like Mm. that's, I think, where it's really going to flip some tables, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Well, what kills me is that the the people that I know and have interacted with the most who Mm -hmm. are not healthy, those are the ones who I find often being extremely legalistic in terms of things like alcohol. Right. Mm. How dare you drink alcohol? I've seen it destroy lives, even though the Psalms say that wine is a gift to gladden the heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and that scripture has more positive things to say about wine and and alcohol than it does negative things. Um, But they will come down and they'll they'll put their foot down and say, how dare you? Or they'll say, Mm. oh, you have tattoos. That's not very glorifying to God or all these other things. They're they're really and yet they can't see their toes. And I'm thinking, Mm. well, how -hmm. can you uh, sit there knowing that you've been given this temporal tent? that you've been loaned basically this body by God uh, to do his work, mm-hmm. right? And we're supposed to do everything with excellence. And if we're supposed to do everything with excellence and we're supposed to be out there working hard to the glory of God, uh, working to provide for our families, um, being strong to be able to to go to war if need be, uh, to defend our families, to defend our, our, our people, to defend our nations. How are we supposed to do these things if we're horribly obese, horribly out of uh, shape, um, even even if we just boil it down to just let's say just the family, right? How can you be the most capable husband and father and be there for the longest amount of time for your kids mm-hmm. if you're not if you don't give a crap about your health? That's mind blowing yeah. to me. That blows my mind. Um, and, and the irony of of those people just uh, screeching about all these other issues, <laughs> yeah, uh, that that shocks me. Well, and it's one of those things too where it will the the part of it being a sin conversation is one thing but people and and this is just a, a health thing that i've experienced as a coach right like this these are conversations that i have with people just in general mm-hmm. people generally don't like being confronted with how bad their choices currently are yeah. because yeah. It, it, you know we and and we like to say you know people love their sin. Right. And if we're not, even if we're not even talking about it as a sin issue, if we're just talking about it as a health issue, right. People are going to love the things that make them unhealthy. 
and they're going to continue to do those things because those are the things that come like it's it's always easy decisions and it's always difficult decisions to change those things and people will generally take the path of least resistance right and Mm -hmm. which is funny because in in, and it's ironic because over the course of the rest of your life like those choices that we that you would think are the path of least resistance are actually going to cause you quite a bit of resistance (laughs) (laughs) in your ability to do things over the course of your life right and so the conversation is such an interesting one and i was thinking about um i believe it's in I believe it's in first Timothy because it's one that people use as an argument against this first concept. First Timothy four, eight, where he says, it says for physical training is of some value, but godliness yeah. has value for all things holding promise for both present life and the life to come. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. And, Ironically, and they'll use that. People will use, people will use that as an excuse to dismiss health altogether <laughs> yeah. because they're like, Oh, well, you know, this says it has some value. And then, but this is the most important thing. And that's still true, but he doesn't say that bodily training has no value. Yeah. Like he says it has some, right. And we are to gather from all of the other instances through his writings all through the new Testament, just specifically Paul, even Peter has uh, in second Peter. Um, I can't remember where it is, but talking about uh, supplementing your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, the yep. self-control part is, is speaking to that. You can't tell me that people who are crazily obese, unhealthy, make poor decisions are exhibiting any sort of physical self-control. And that's what a lot of this right. comes down to. And that is a major part of this is yeah. that ability to, that they lack self-control. And yeah. so when we're talking about this as like a fitness thing, right? Like a lot of people will say, well, like, oh, well, where does it say we need to run? And where does it say we need to do lifting weights? And I mean, like, this is that legalistic thing that you're talking about yeah. before, yeah. right? Yeah. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about show self-control in your own body. Don't let yourself become a liability yeah. So that you can actually go and do the things and further the kingdom as we're called to do. Because if you are completely overweight, you're unhealthy, you're sick all the time, you're not going to be able to do any of those things. Right. right? And so, right. again, this is a conversation that's like, I mean, for you and I having uh, worked together in the in the fitness thing, right, and and done this for a while now, like we can look at this and be like, I mean, this seems kind of obvious, right? But <laughs> yeah. But when people get confronted with this, I'm telling you, man, it's it's a... This is a, an aptly named podcast for being a serrated edge. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's ironic because if if we boil down the simple things of of the fruit of the spirit, right? One of the primary fruits of the spirit is self control, and gluttony is quite literally the opposite of self control. Yes. And your body is a physical representation of whether or not you are exercising that fruit of the spirit. And uh, Proverbs twenty four. Uh, verses five and six says that a wise man is full of strength and a man of knowledge enhances his might for by wise guidance, you can wage war and an abundance of counselors. There is victory. So we see that the proverb indicates that there is strength associated with wisdom. If you're wise, you are disciplining your body and you are strong so that you can actually do the things that the knowledge demands that you do. You can wage war. You can have victory because you're capable of doing that. Um, I, I, I challenge anyone to, to look through the scriptures and find a single, a single man of God who was described as <laughs> morbidly obese. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. None of them. And, and there were certainly people able to be obese in those times. Um, it certainly was not common like it is today. But right. it wasn't outside of the realm of possibility. But laziness was just not an option, mm-hmm. and and it was not something that the men of men and women of God are called to do. We're called mm-hmm. to be self controlled. We're not called to be lazy. Um, there's a lot of things that Scripture says um, about laziness and about gluttony, and it's never positive, ever. Right. Uh, Proverbs twenty three, uh, whether you're talking about verse two or verses twenty and twenty one, it says, "Put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony." That, that's a that's a pretty serious. Uh, <laughs> pretty serious take, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, and it says, verse 20 and 21, do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. Now, as somebody who really appreciates carnivore, 
<laughs> That's a temptation uh, for drunkards and gluttons. But also the word gorge yourself, right? I mean, right. like that's pretty specific. Yeah. You know, it. I mean, there's a difference between that. That's not saying don't eat meat, right? right. Like that's that's <laughs> telling you don't gorge yourself. I mean, that's a pretty powerful. That's a pretty powerful adjective. Well, if go to verb. any go to any Baptist potluck, and you're going to see people gorging themselves <laughs> on all kinds of things, <laughs> right? Right. So yeah. Um, First uh, Corinthians six nineteen and twenty, I think, give us a good perspective uh, to ponder when we think about fitness, laziness, and gluttony. It says, "Do you not know, like you said, you already quoted this, that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own; you were bought for a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies." So, in that, I want to transition. Honor God with your bodies. Do you think, or could you consider something like fitness as an act of worship, worshiping mm-hmm. God in our actions? Um, not just our, our thoughts and our prayers and our, and our singing, but actually honoring him and worshiping him with our bodies through something like fitness. I think even if you base it just off of the, the passage that you just read, you can see that as Mm -hmm. such, right? I mean, and this is a, I might be taking this in a different direction, but this is the analogy that I just thought of was the, the really famous Socrates quote right? Like it's a shame for a man to go his entire life and never know the full strength of his body or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what it says. But I think about like the fact that we were given these vessels, like these temporal vessels that we have here on earth for however long that we're here. Like I almost consider it a, a disservice to God to not take those to as much potential as we can with our time. Like that, that, I mean, why shortchange it if we're already only going to be here for a certain amount of time? Like, why yeah. would we not utilize everything that we have available and like, and and then realize that potential, you sure. know, like take it to those limits, make your body strong, make it healthy, learn what feeling good feels like. And, and then you understand how much more you're capable of. I don't think that that would have been something that would have been possible for us if he didn't want us to be able to do that. Sure. You know what I mean? Like why, yeah. why give us the, the, the capability to reach these insane fitness levels that the human body is capable of, if not for a purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. And so it, I, I can completely agree with the fact that, you know, and, and here's where this line that gets argued all the time is, well, where does it go from that to vanity to, to becoming a selfish pursuit? Right. Yeah. And, and that can be a whole separate conversation. But in regards to your question, I absolutely see it as, as a form of that because it's using the gift that we were given so gracefully. Right. And, yeah. and, and that's basically it. Like, like I'm given this gift, use it, man. Don't right. just let it sit on the shelf and rot away. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I'd also, I would also argue that if we're not taking care of our bodies and we get out of shape and we're, we're uncomfortable and, uh, that can lead to a lot of other issues that are going to continue to hinder uh, your ability to serve the church or to serve the people of God. Mm. If you are, um, if you're overweight and you're depressed or mm. you're, you're not, you're no longer spending your money wisely because you're spending it on medical bills that could have been avoided just by taking care of your body. Um, yep. it's, it's not a good way to steward the things that God has given you. And it, I think if we're going to be faithful men and women of God, we have to, I, I think it's demanded that we take care of our bodies in such a way that we uh, like people have no problem arguing about, yeah, you need to be good with your money. You need to be um, good Mm -hmm. with the resources that God gives you. If, if he's given you a gift of um, preaching, you know, you should take care of that. But we Mm -hmm. overlook the fact that our bodies are a gift. Mm -hmm. And like you said, why wouldn't we seek to realize that full potential so that we can Mm -hmm. like um, my son's doing catechism questions and uh, one of the catechism questions is, um, what does the law of God require? And it starts off with, uh, to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, people have no problem talking about the heart, the mind, and the soul, but why are we not talking about loving God with all of our strength? Part part of loving God is loving him with our physical capabilities so that we can go out and make disciples of all nations. Um, so... If, with that being said, what would you say, um, let's say somebody is struggling with this, they're struggling with this sin, 
uh, they're struggling with addiction to food or um, or just laziness, they're, they're mm-hmm. too lazy to get up and work out, what are maybe some practical things you might um, advise and maybe encourage them in so that they will uh, yeah. take dominion uh, over this mm-hmm. particular area in their life? This is a really good question because I want to make sure I address this at the front end because this is always one of the things that, and our friend Nate Spearing had a had a, a, a short couple minute talk that he did at um, at Michael Foster's conference a couple months mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. at County Before Country, basically calling everybody in the room fat, right? I mean, like he, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not yeah. basically, he he said that. And it caused, I mean, people got up Sounds and walked out. Sounds like a serrated edge to during, me. <laughs> it, was, it was a two and a half minute speech and people were getting up and walking out during it, right? Like in that short amount of time. Amazing. So he was pretty potent with his words in that short amount of time. So what one of the most common things that people would say back to him was like, oh, well, you know, why am I supposed to be this big muscle bound weightlifter and stuff like that? That's not at all what we're talking about. If that's the if that's the method or if that's the vehicle by which you become healthier, then yeah, do that. Like, I mean, I can give you some empirical evidence that would show you that, like, weight training to be stronger does a lot of really good things for you, yeah. right? <laughs> and and we know that having more muscle mass than than less is really good for you. That doesn't mean you've got to be some big beef cake up thing where people automatically assume, oh, I'm going to lift weights, I'm going to automatically become Arnold. Yeah. Right. And yeah, not everybody that's needs never going to happen. Right? <laughs> well, that's never going to happen anyways, because the people that are just needing to be healthier are not remotely interested in working as hard as those guys have to achieve what they did, because that was their life. Right. Yeah. Like they yeah. took it to that place. <laughs> but what we're talking about, like if people are just trying to become healthier and like you said, we're, we're taking dominion back over our own bodies how do I make healthier choices? Where do I even begin? Right. You don't have to go in and like now all of a sudden I've I've done nothing. And now every day I've got to go in and lift weights for an hour when I've never done that in my life. That's a really (laughs) quick way to burn out and never do it again. Right. And we talk a lot about this. I mean, you and I talked about this, the, the the ability to create and uh, form habits generally begins with finding something that's so easy to accomplish. You have no choice, but to do it. Right. Like most times when we're when we're when we're doing habits and building new things that we're trying to implement into our lives, uh, I want you to ask me to do more because you feel like you could be doing more. That's good because I know that you'll do that thing. Yeah. Like if if whatever it is, if it's if it's drinking one extra glass of water a day. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I've given this example a bunch of times on my podcast. I trained a guy several years back who literally drank no water during the day. It was coffee and Diet Coke all day long. Crazy. crazy. <laughs> and that's all he drank. Literally, it was the only liquids he ever consumed were coffee and Diet Coke. And Amazing so when we were he, he when we're talking about and he was super high performing business guy by the way. So I mean, he's yeah. one of these like like I don't understand how he was doing that, right? <laughs> but uh yeah. our 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 goal when we're doing this stuff was, "Okay, dude, you're going to drink one like 8 to 10 ounce glass of water per day. That's it. Just one. I want you to drink one thing. I'm not going to tell you a single thing else as it relates to your nutrition. We're not doing anything else until you can show me that you can do that every single day for 30 days. Right. And he would be like, no, dude, come on. I, I need to do more than this. Like, you know, he's like, he'll, he'll, he'd throw like, you know, dude, I'm paying you a decent amount of money here to help coach yeah. me. Like <laughs> give me some more. And I'm like, I'm telling you, man, until you can prove to me that you can do this, it's pointless because we are trying to establish habits here that are going to stretch far beyond the time that yeah. you and I are working together. Yeah. And the ability of you to do that is to create discipline and self-control, right? This, all these things we've been talking about. So you should be, because what's going to happen? Like if I tell him he's going to only drink one eight ounce glass of water today, he'll drink that one eight ounce glass and be like, I could probably drink more, you know, I'll have yeah, another, yeah. <laughs> right? right. And then anything, anything after that just becomes a bonus. And then he's jacked it rather than saying, I'm going to drink eight, 10 ounce glasses of water a day. And then when he only does six, even though that's a huge improvement, he's bummed because he didn't drink eight. Mm-hmm. And then the, it, it's a, it's a psychological thing when you're constantly not reaching something like a goal or something like that, it becomes demoralizing to a bit. And then you just give up. You're like, I can't, I just can't do this. I can't drink eight ounces a day or eight glasses, 10 ounces a day. So I'm like, oh, dude, just drink one. And then, and then when he drinks three, he's like, let's go. Like, I'm going to continue. <laughs> like I'm pumped now. Yeah. Let's continue to do this. But what that does is it helps build positive reinforcement and helps solidify those habits into your routine. So 
like something as simple as that, you have to understand where you are right now. Like if you're have never done anything healthy in your life, like, and you know, you're like, I'm way overweight. I've never worked out. I don't even walk. Like I sit in my house. I watch TV. I eat junk food. I drive in my car. I'm sitting down. I go to my office. I'm sitting down at my office. Like I want you to go on one 10 minute walk a day and drink a glass of water when you're done. Right. That's you. That's it. I'm mean, seriously, yeah. that's it. And yeah. if all you did was that, and you could do that every day for a month, you'd be a, you, you would be on your way to being a completely different person. Right. Yeah, because well, what that does, like we said, is it establishes that, that baseline. I can do this because one day you might be out walking 10 minutes. This guy, it's really nice outside. You're like having a good time. Maybe you're listening to a podcast. You're like, you know what? I'm going to do an extra 10 minutes today. I'm gonna make an extra loop or whatever it is. Yeah. And those things are what are the very beginning points of these positive, healthy habits. It graduates and it grows exponentially from there. It's not always going to be like, I'm just walking. Right. But it yeah. will get to a point where you're doing more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And pretty soon you're like, Hey, this is awesome. I'm healthy. I'm down, you know, 45 pounds. I'm in the best shape I've ever been. And I still want to do this. Yeah. I'm still like pursuing this growth and being healthier because I'm realizing now how bad I felt before. Mm -hmm. Right. Like uh, that's one of the most common things when we see guys that have, and I think you probably experienced this a little bit when we were Big working time. together. Like yep. when, when you, cause you had crazy transformation at the, like the first six months or so. Yep. And it was awesome. But I remember you telling me, you're like, dude, I don't I, I can't believe I ever felt this bad for this long because <laughs> yeah. now you have the comparison of how good you feel now. Yeah. And so you're like, you don't know what you, you don't know how bad you feel until you yeah. feel really good. Yeah. I can confirm that this advice is accurate. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember one of the most transform transformative things that you said to me early on was, um, don't undervalue how important it is to just walk, like just go for a yes. walk. And, and yes. so I started walking every day at work more than just down the hall. I started taking every hour, I would take five or 10 minutes. I just take a loop around the hospital. Yes. A after a while, at the end of the day, a 10 hour shift, you know, I've, I've walked a good amount and, and yeah, then I'm 15, 20,000 steps right. probably. <laughs> yeah. And, and then yeah. I'm like, man, I, I'm finding myself thirsty. So I'm drinking more water. And so, and it's because I'm out walking. So it, it starts to yes. this, this sort of, um, this avalanche starts of like one little thing at a time, all of a sudden mm. you're, you're six weeks or six, six months down the road. And you're like, you yeah. know, how did I, wh what was I doing before? Like, <laughs> I thought I didn't have time. And now, now I'm like, I have all this yeah. extra time on my walk. I'm taking an extra 10 minutes here. And there. It's, it's amazing. Yep. Um, and, and you get these little milestones as you go to like, you know, Oh, wow. I, I feel really good that I was able to do that. I'm, I'm more capable than I thought I was, you know? So if I can do yes. this, what else can I do? You know? Oh, well maybe, I, maybe I can make time to, to start this new project that I want to work on, or maybe I can take an extra 10 minutes to, to, to read the scriptures. Right. I, I've given this, I've given the same advice, but re, with regards to reading the Bible, I've had people ask me, you know, I really want to read through the Bible this year, you know, but I, I, it's really daunting. I don't, I'm like, look, don't worry about reading the Bible in a year. Just, just take 10 minutes a day, just 10 minutes and just read yeah. as much as you can for 10 minutes or just 10 verses, just 10 verses a day. Nice. Yes. And then, and then you find oh, all of a sudden they start getting into it and they're, they're a chapter or two or three in and they're like, oh shoot, <laughs> yep. you know, it's been, it's been 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> uh, yep. it's amazing. It's those, it's those little sort of milestones and, and victories. We have this, uh, it's got, maybe it's a Western thing. Maybe it's just a human being thing, but we have this, this tendency to like bite off way more than we can chew. And then, oh, totally. and then we just fail over and over. And that was before I reached out to you. Um, that's what I was doing. I, I was, I would have these big lofty goals <laughs> um, because I've accomplished quite a few things in my life. So I thought, well, I, I can accomplish this too. So I'd take, I'd make this big goal. And then, you know, um, two, three months in, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is awful. Like yeah. uh, it was just, too well, much and that's not to say, and that's not to say also that having big goals is, is necessarily a negative thing, True. right? But it's the matter of <clears throat> realizing the, the path of action that it takes to get to those things. And a lot of times we'll just throw out these massive things without creating that action plan yeah. that then make it like, we know exactly what we have to do every day in order to reach that thing. Right. A lot of times we'll just throw out some big, you know, throw this big theoretical goal out into the ether. Like, <laughs> right. Like, oh, I'm going to lose, you know, lose a hundred pounds. Yeah. Like, that's great. How are you going to do it? Right. Right. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, 
I don't know. <laughs> so like three weeks yeah. in, three weeks in when you've maybe only lost one because you're not following any sort of plan. Yeah. You're like, well, this stinks. I'm not going to do this. And, and, and you bail, but like, had you still had that and worked back and be like, okay, well, this is what I need to do every day. Doing the same thing that we've been talking about, like these small yeah. habits, they stack, right? These habits stack. Yeah. And, uh, my good friend, Brandon, uh, Brandon Lilly has this concept of the plus one that he likes to call it, right? Like, uh, every decision you make, you have the opportunity to make that a plus one or a minus one decision in your day, Right not all of our decisions are going to be plus ones, right? right? Like we want to make sure we want to end our day in the positive integers, right? But sometimes that's not going to happen. But what it does allow you to do is realize that this one negative one isn't ruining the rest of my day. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, this good. negative one is just ruining right now. It's just maybe <laughs> bumming me out right now. I'm a little ticked. Uh, but I have another decision coming up. Maybe it was like, I, I, I didn't eat what I was, you know, I knew I was supposed to eat. Right. And I, and I stopped on the way home because it was easy and I got something fast food that I knew was going to make me feel bad. A lot of people that tailspins them into like this big weekend bender of junk food, right? But when you understand like that's just one decision, now it's gone, it's in the past. What's the yeah. next, you know, the next meal I have, I'm just going to make that a plus one, right? And, and framing it like that, a little bit more granular allows you to maybe not get so overwhelmed with like decisions and this decision fatigue. Right. Cause that's a very real thing. Like Definitely. when you, when you realize you're like, Oh my gosh, there's so much, so many things I have to decide on today. Like <laughs> yeah. I have to eat this. I have to do this. I have to be this active. I need to take my steps. I need to do, but like in the next hour, like what's my, what's my plus one. Right. right. And, and, and make it super granular and it will help. Yeah. And, and ironically d- building these habits, uh, physical discipline, um, uh, making sure that you're disciplined enough to get enough sleep and, and to eat well, mm-hmm these are going to translate into all these other areas of life. If you can exercise discipline, let's say to get up and do, you know, 20 pushups before you get in the shower in the morning, you know, just, just yeah. do that. Just three, three times a week. If you all of a sudden you're like, okay, well I do have the discipline to do that. I could probably do one more thing. And and exactly. as that builds, all of a sudden you're this savage of incredible discipline and people are asking you, how are you so disciplined? And you're like, I just am like, you just do it. Just like, start. It's, you just it's part do of it. part of my being now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but it does start with those, those little things that actually reminds me today's December 1st. And I just yeah. uh, joined a bunch of, uh, a bunch of my friends, um, internet friends, uh, guys who help admin some of my groups and, and, um, and we're doing, we're doing 3000 pushups in the month of December. So a hundred a day. I love it. And so, uh, and so I, I still have, um, I think, 40 to go before the end of the night. So nice, <laughs> but it's, I love it. I love stuff good. like that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I love, uh, I remember we did challenges in, in your group and that was always yep. fun because it, it added an element of like, there, there's um like competitiveness and, and, uh, and I think a big part of it is accountability. A huge part yes. of uh, what was helpful to me was accountability. And now, um, now that uh, I'm married to a, a woman who did competitive powerlifting, um, and she gets she's, it. She's awesome. <laughs> and yeah. And so, and, and so now I have her, like, I want to, you know, I want to impress her, you know, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do these hundred pushups every day. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can't, That's I right. remember I was at the gym a couple of weeks ago and I was, I was uh, working on, I, I wanted to see how much I could uh, deadlift. And so, you know, I, I pulled up about 300 and then I texted her. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I was kind of maxed out today at about 300. And she's like, okay. She goes, that's what I was, that's what I was doing when I was, when I was competitive. I'm like, well, I can't have my wife being able to do more than me. So I'm like, so I'm like, oh no. So, so I'm like, all right, let me put five more. In five more side. pounds like, it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I am um, lifting this barbell. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I, I'm not, you know, I'm going to get my a hernia. spine blows matter. out my back. I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's so, hilarious. Uh, yeah. Accountability, I think is, is huge. Um, and I think mm-hmm. as men, we ought to hold uh, each other in our churches, in our communities, accountable with each other. Um, yeah, I, I listened to to um, the, the episode on um, why men need gangs, and and I think that's mm. a huge, uh, a huge help. Um, having men that you can be accountable yeah. to, and accountable with, and accountable for, it it forces you to be more responsible, and it forces you to to take responsibility for yourself and, and exercise discipline because we're men, right? Yes, <laughs> we, the, we really do crave these things deep down. Yes. 
and and we've just become so pacified by a society that wants us to be lazy and wants us to be dependent. Um, well, and when you think also, if we're talking specifically about the church, and and this is where um, Foster's been pretty on point lately because he's gone through his own little uh, mm-hmm. transformation in the last. I think he's down like twenty five pounds or more yeah. in like just a I think month. Like yeah, he's I think been it was a little more than that. It. Yeah, it's crazy. And he, yeah, and he's been on it, but you know, he he has the phrase I've seen him say like, "No more fat pastors," right? Because yeah. when when you're thinking about the hierarchy and the authority structure that pastors have as shepherds and you know what they're called to do as a yeah. pastor, right? Like yeah. there's a reason that they don't ever speak on health and fitness. It's because they can't, right. they have no, they have no leg to stand on. Right. Yeah. When it, when yeah. it comes to that, I mean, and that's not to say none because there are good examples of this. Like if you look at like what Jeff Durbin does, like he's like a, literal black belt martial artist and is in crazy shape and amazing. But I would listen to him on the subject of this as a pastor. And when I met him, uh, the first, when I met him in person, uh, he's even more, he's very confident as well. And that, that, that pours out of him when you meet him. So like I met him and I was like, it's almost intimidating because I'm like, this man is confident in himself, not only his theological abilities, but his physical abilities. Well, if you don't think those two go together, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and that's the other thing is building yeah. that confidence up in yourself because you know that I did something that produced a good result and made me stronger. Like yeah. that confidence and, and confidence is a good thing. It's a mm-hmm. good attribute for men to have specifically. Yes. Right. And, and you see it in example, especially if we're ever going to be some sort of leader, whether it, it, and if, and maybe there's no bigger aspiration than to lead our family, which I would argue is probably the biggest aspiration that there is as a man, Amen. right? Is to yeah. just lead your own family. Amen. But even if it's, you know, the, there's no, I, I don't have any aspirations of becoming a pastor or like, you know, some form of elected official where I'm, you know, whatever. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm leading my family, like they want a strong, confident person to follow in the mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And that, and if, and if you're not those things, like yeah. you're, it's pretty hard to be, it's almost like a pretty obvious false confidence if you're physically weak. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like, cause you George- can, you can like, what are you have to be confident about? Maybe you're super smart, <laughs> right. right? Like maybe that's part of it, but like, and, and there's some level of, but dude, like what's going on here? Take care yeah. of yourself. Like maybe you're just a, like a tiny little weakling who can't bench press two wet socks <laughs> or like you're super, like maybe you're like the, the super obese Pastor, which when I was having, uh, when I had Eric Kahn on my podcast a couple months back for, I think it was the second time he was on, um, he talked about an example of a pastor that he knew that told him in person, like, he's like, I'm so big because I want there to be like more of me to hug all the people in my church or whatever. Like he thought of it as like a, a it was like a pride thing, which Ooh. is a whole other route. Like he was yeah. prideful in his obesity. Yikes. which is a whole like weird contradiction in itself. Yeah. But the, the, the confidence that you gain from just becoming physically strong. And again, and again, this is, this can still be dependent to the person. Like it's relative to the person. I'm not saying you're going to go out there and just pack on the muscle mass and look like some big intimidating beefcake of a man. Right. <laughs> but yeah. if you're a lot stronger than you were and you knew that you got there through the hard work in the discipline mm-hmm. that you created in your life, like that's going to do some positive things for you far beyond just the physical stuff. Yeah. Well, I think Jordan Peterson hit it, hit the nail on the head when he said that weakness is not a virtue, right? Yes. Being weak is yes. not virtuous, right? We, we've created the society yeah. where, 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 you know, they say being strong and being masculine is toxic, but, but being physically capable and being dangerous is a virtue, mm-hmm. right? It, it's like the it's the brand that 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 I love to uh, to to represent as an ambassador, and I've seen you wearing their merch. Being dangerous yeah. but good, right? This idea of yes. being genuinely capable of great violence, because yes. godly men are capable of such things. You can't protect your family. You can't protect uh, the widow and the orphan if you're uh, a weak, uh, lazy bum who's navel gazing all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. You you need to be capable of violence and strength but you need to have that under voluntary control. That's where the virtue comes in. Uh, You know, weakness and not, not being violent because you're weak is not virtuous. It's virtuous to be strong and capable 
but to use it only for good. Right. It's, it's, it's exactly that is, is a gift that I think, um, or or rather a goal that all men should strive for every man, especially if you're a Christian man, we're called to do everything with excellence and to honor God with our bodies, uh, and to protect uh, our families, protect the innocent, protect the widow and the orphan, and to go out and be missionaries to the world, uh, evangelists to the world, to disciple all the nations. You have to be strong to do those things. And, and, mental fortitude as well and the physical will bring the mental fortitude there's a um it's not i don't believe in the proverbs i think it's a proverb i think it's (laughs) japanese (laughs) um uh but our our i've already mentioned him our buddy nate spearing that's what his whole thing is called is warrior tending warriors tending gardens right because the 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 proverb goes it's better to be uh, a warrior in a garden than a gardener at war yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and that speaks to what the, the, the Peterson quote that everybody's probably heard that gets passed around, like yeah. that interview where he's asked that question, uh, where he's, at, I think it was, it was like Geraldo or somebody like, so it was some yeah. big like interview or something like that. And they asked him like, or maybe it was Stephanopoulos or somebody like that, but they're like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. uh, is it, do you consider it to be uh, like, you know, virtuous to be dangerous like to be able to hurt like to hurt somebody he said uh and and, but you i mean you already outlined it but the ability of being that capable being capable of that sure like not just going out and and doing it like just because you're capable (laughs) and that goes back and that goes back to the self-control part that we've that we've already talked about like that's Mm -hmm. keeping it under control and that's you know and it's one of my favorite maybe one of my favorite like scriptural revelations I've had in recent years is what the word meek actually means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because, because growing up, like we were always, you know, it was always portrayed. Like when Jesus talks about the meek will inherit the earth. Like, I think we all just assume even because it rhymes that meek means weak. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like we just assume that that meant the same thing. It's like, Oh, these timid, passive, like these were the words that were associated with being meek and what it actually means. Like if you're looking at the, the literal definition of the word meek, it's the control of like a war horse, right? Yeah. It's like the ability of, of the, of the rider or of the master of the horse to keep yeah. this beast tamed and still able to do its job as a war horse, but like <laughs> keep that under yeah. control. So I, it's I literally like strength and power under control. I have a patch on my wall that says meekness, not weakness. And, exactly. Uh, and exactly. And it's absolutely, it's absolutely true. Um, and, and similarly, I grew up, you know, people always talking about meek and mild Jesus, gentle and lowly. Uh, mm. That describes, yeah, gentle and lowly describes half of his character. But uh, I don't think it was very gentle and mild when he was flipping tables in the temple and whipping the money changers. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's not particularly a sign of, of, uh, of being gentle and being lowly. Um, so there's definitely a, a both end. We ought to be meek and we ought to be gentle and lowly, but mm-hmm. we also ought to be strong and capable and willing to act and able to act mm-hmm. when the time arises. Um, otherwise mm-hmm. I think we're just doing a disservice to uh, the church. We're doing a disservice to our families, to ourselves. And I think it's, uh, I think it's sinful. It's sinful. Mm-hmm. Laziness is a sin. Gluttony is a sin. These are, these are obvious truths that probably 50 or even a hundred years ago probably wouldn't have been so offensive. Uh, but now, now, like, like you said, well, there wasn't the, the option. Of... There, there, there wasn't the option to do <laughs> right. yeah. to be yeah. this lazy, right? Like yeah. there was no yeah. way you could, I mean, especially, I mean, like we keep, I keep using the phrase a hundred years ago as it gets older. So that timeline always keeps <laughs> shifting. Like I say it every year. So like, yeah. but, but I'm thinking now, like in 1922, right? Like we were only there, we were only a handful of years away from the depression. Like we're yeah. just coming off, just coming off a of world war one, like the great war. Like, I mean, there are things that those men who were boys, essentially, who were, who were men, but they were, they were more men than most men right now have ever been in their lives. And they were 17 years old, you know, and, and that kind of, that kind of masculinity is few and far between, at least in what we're shown. Like, I believe it's far more prevalent 
than what we're led to believe it is. And I think that's maybe on purpose as well. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're constantly being fed the idea that these men don't exist anymore, you're going to start to believe that they don't exist anymore. Yeah. When they're not portraying them most of the times, exactly. And they're just not, they don't give two rips about any of this stuff. So they're not on it anyways. Nope. There's far more of them than I believe people are led to believe exist, mm-hmm. um, which is encouraging to me. Right. Yeah. Because I know, I know a lot of them exist. I've met oh, yeah. a lot of them and I know that you guys are not the only ones because I know that you've got circles that have circles that of all you guys that are like this, yeah. right? It's true. Uh, it's true. So like, I, I think we're better off than people think, but that's not to let, like let off the gas on this pursuit yeah. of, Hey, we still need to pursue being healthier as a people for all the reasons that we've talked about for the last 40, whatever minutes, like it's a matter of like daily pushing back against sin like it's it's a daily thing a daily battle it's the same battle as any other type of sin that you may be struggling with right and you know that there's things you have to do every day to not put yourself into temptation like health is no different like if you're tempted by having a bunch of junk in the house and you know that if it's there i'm going to eat it right yeah like if if your eye causes you like literally take it out yeah, exactly. Like literally take it all out and put it in a garbage can and light it on fire if you need to, you know, like, like make it a ritual almost. So you're like, no, this is gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This um, is my sacrifice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's too funny. Um, and, and, and I think, uh, I think it's important to, 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 to recognize that there doesn't need to be this dichotomy that if you're really, uh, caring, uh, about, being healthy and lifting heavy, lifting heavy things and, and being active in the gym, um, that you can also be intellectual, right? <laughs> There's often yes. this dichotomy of, of the meathead who's not smart. And then the nerdy kid who's really skinny and weak and pathetic. Yep. You can be both. And I would argue that most of this, the, the brilliant minds in our history, history, I would say a lot of them, or the majority of them were also physically strong. I mean, yeah. l- you know, look at the Stoics, uh, or, or, or whatever that incredible, um, yeah. healthy, individuals but also brilliant minds um yes it's it's one again these two things go together these two things go together yeah like you can't you can't uh i don't believe that you can actualize the full potential of either without the other yeah right like you're you're kind of limited in both if you only do the one right like and and it's tough for me coming from more of the physical realm because i've seen a lot of meatheads that are about as in good a shape as you could ever be and don't necessarily, but the discipline part of that is, and and we tend to think of like intellectual as book smart, right. Or whatever, like it's not necessarily just that, but they understand things in a certain way that maybe they're not like super book smart. We, I, like, I always just, when I think of meathead, I always just think of uh, Rob Gronkowski like the, the tight end for the Patriots yeah, yeah. forever. Like yeah. he's the epitome of meathead, right? Like he's just a big goofball, <laughs> but he's like a, like he's just a freak of nature human. Yeah. Um, but he understands more about discipline than, than 99.9% yeah. of people alive because of what it takes to get his body to that place. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Like the, a lot of these guys don't happen on that by accident. I mean, even a smaller right. percentage of those guys that are like that were just given that without working for it. Right. And so that discipline is very much a mental thing. He's actually very sharp in mm-hmm. that, you know, he plays kind of the loof and the goof and that kind of thing. And that's kind of the reputation that the meathead gets. Right. But those guys are very, very mentally strong. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to be, to be that disciplined. Yeah. And so if you allow that to be what creates the discipline in your mind, like you can then apply that mental discipline to any pursuit and then, and then build up that other side or that, you know, the, and, and we talk about, it's not just physical and mental. It's also the soul, right? Like in our, yeah. in our ability to worship and to honor what God gave us, right? Like that's, it's kind of like this, this little triangle of all of these things that work in conjunction with another. You can't yeah. like, you're always, you're always going to be a little bit le- like less capacity than what you could be if you're not working on the other two at any sure. one time. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this is great stuff. And um, and if folks want to learn more about the physical stuff and they want to learn yeah. more about fitness and nutrition and health, 
Um, obviously, I'm going to recommend they come check you out. Where can they find you? Um, now is your time to shameless plug. Plug all your things, man. Awesome. Well, first, thanks, man. I had a blast. I was glad we were able yeah. to uh, to carve out the time and do this. It's just good to catch up, first of all. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I've been I was really pumped to have this conversation because it's one that we've had, you know, privately yes. yeah. for a, a, a little <laughs> bit recently yeah. now. Um, but yeah, so I have the podcast, which is the Nomad Strength Show. Uh, you can find that. I mean, anywhere there are podcasts. Uh, I've been pretty fortunate to have some awesome guests from uh, the health and fitness realm. Um, the outdoors realm, you know, high performers, basically across any industry, if they're, you know, business owners, they're backcountry hunters, they're health and fitness guys, they're coaches, they're like, I, I've been pretty fortunate to have some awesome guests on, uh, and, and make some cool friends. So you can go check that out. We do two shows a week. Um, one with me and a guest. And then the other one is just a recent development with me and my friend, Brandon Lilly. Uh, we're doing a, a weekly episode with just the two of us. Um, talking about health and outdoors and hunting. It's kind of like a little bit more of a, a broad out kind of show, which is fun to do. Um, and you can find me on all the socials, Ross Hillier. If you search Instagram, it's coach Ross Hillier. Um, I don't think that was available on Twitter. So I'm like the Ross Hillier on Twitter or something like that. Um, but then I'm the coaching platform, Nomad Strength. And that's where, you know, Justin and I became, where you and I became very acquainted and close because we worked together for, uh, but a little over a year, probably, yep. I think is, is around yep. what it was. Um, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching group coaching. Um, I have an eight week, uh, course called foundations, which is kind of like the intro into all of the nomad strength beliefs about health and training. And here's your crash course. Here's where to start. I'd run those every couple months. All of that information is at nomad-strength.com. Um, yeah. all the links, all the forms you can fill out if you're interested in coaching to reach out it's, it's all there. I'm not difficult to find, uh, if you just <laughs> sure. want to search, search it out. <laughs> yep. I got my, I got my nomad hat on. Oh, nice. Re the Dude, that's a that. retro one too. I haven't it had is. those in stock forever. OG. Yep. <laughs> I got some new ones coming out. That should be pretty fun. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I actually, I, I just started, I just started some merch myself. Um, uh, there we go. I'm, I'm not doing every, anything nearly as professionally as, as we do with distilling theology, <laughs> just because it's like, it's, this is like my second third side gig you know i write books i do uh i do the other podcast i work full-time um i'm i'm a dad and then yep. uh, now this also so it's just like yep my, my schedule is always <laughs> what's I, one more know, thing to do right, right? yeah just, just uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so I, I i i'm using like zazzle or something where it's you can just go on and you can design products and stuff but nice uh, but yeah love it yeah awesome uh well i think the tagline for my other show actually would be appropriate here um and it's from first Corinthians 10 31. We say it at the end of every episode, but uh, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. And then we always say solely Amen. deo gloria. <laughs> so <laughs> guys, it, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, this has been awesome. Uh, Ross, thanks for coming on. And um, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, I'm excited to see what people have to say about this. I'm sure it's going to be not offensive at all. And um, <laughs> yeah, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, brother.